welcome to Season 2 of Busting Addiction and Its Myths, sponsored by Safe House Rehab Thailand, where we offer a modern approach to recovery, breaking with tradition by introducing new technologies that help disrupt the cycle of addiction. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com and click on the video, or contact us at info at safehouserehab.com, and we'll tell you about our $1,000 airfare allowance and referral rewards program. My name is Bruno J. And here's why I created this podcast. Our research has shown that despite the opioid epidemic and the worldwide panic over the ravages of addiction, we didn't see that treatment centers were doing anything different to break the cycle more effectively and improve the odds of long-term success. So we have set out to do things differently and to let all those who love an addict or alcoholic know more about the advances in treatment that we represent. Here's what we're doing differently. We have designed our diagnostics and detox to isolate and treat opioid and multi-addiction, example, alcohol plus opioids plus speed, more effectively, given that these are the new challenges of addiction in the 21st century. We integrate leading-edge technology into the recovering process, thereby disrupting the disorder, speeding the recovery of brain health. Clients come to treatment with damaged brains. This is a given. We pay attention to the importance of dopamine and other ingredients vital to brain health recovery. Traditional rehabs don't provide anywhere near the tools and close guidance that clients truly need to help keep them clean and sober for life. We do it right. First, we advise our clients to go into our sober living facility to serve as a transition to normal life, and we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to providing a structure for long-term recovery. So if you love an addict or alcoholic and you feel like your loved one is sucking the oxygen out of your life, is stealing your money, stealing your peace of mind and your sanity, this podcast is for you. If you're feeling rage and shame and and he or she is living rent-free in your head 24-7, this podcast is for you. I hope to have you gain a better understanding of the nature of addictive disorder and the invisible effect it has on your psyche. It's my fervent hope you also gain a little more compassion for your loved one and for yourself in spite of this cunning, baffling, and powerful disease. To paraphrase an author in this space, we struggle because we love. Hi, Bruno J. here, and welcome back to Busting Addiction and Its Myths. This is episode number three of season number two which means that we are now have 16 episodes under our belt in a 16-week run. We are committed to releasing one episode a week to stay on top of the trends to make sure our listeners are getting the freshest content because things keep changing in our space. New discoveries are being made, new treatments are emerging, legislation is changing, and society may be waking up at long last. Maybe. I call this episode, Is He a Money Drunk Too?, Let's talk about what it means to be a money drunk. Have you ever heard that term? Money drunk is a fairly well-known label that those of us in the recovery community know quite well. In fact, I am one. But I got a lot of help with that as part of cleaning up my act all the way around starting in 1993. It's been a long time. Thank you very much. If you think about addiction and all that comes with this horrible disorder, It should come as no surprise that addicts and alcoholics are wildly irresponsible people, especially when it comes to money. Some addicts are scraping along the bottom, living hand-to-mouth, and have no thought except where to get the next hit or drink or both. These are the unfortunates we see on the street, often afflicted also with a mental illness. 
as if that weren't enough. My heart goes all out to all who suffer. I'd rather give that Vietnam veteran on the street corner 20 bucks on the chance that he'll do some good with it than deny him help on the cynical grounds that he'll use the money to get high. You might call these folks money drunks because they use the money to get drunk, and that may be it. But there is another type of money drunk, and they're all over the place, inhabiting every corner of the active alcoholic universe. To an addict, money is a drug in and of itself. He snorts all the money. That is, he uses it up as fast as he gets it, yes, on drugs, but also on anything he fancies, chasing sex, chasing excitement, impressing his friends, buying the most fashionable and expensive clothes, buying rounds at the bar, taking impromptu trips, gambling at the casino. Hey, let's fly to Las Vegas for the weekend. Why not? So he uses up the money as fast as he can spend it. He maxes out his credit cards, takes out new ones, and when he's done burning the money, he's jonesing for more. He's in withdrawal and he's feeling shame and guilt. Yes, he is. He gets up in the middle of the night and says, oh hell, I've done it again. And he spends like a wild man even when he's not drinking or using. That guy was me. It could still be me if I get complacent about my recovery. I used to say I'm late on the rent and even though I make a lot of money, I never seem to have any. So what's going on here? It's just another symptom of an infantile personality who doesn't want to be held accountable to no one for anything. In other words, very typical addict behavior defined as get it now to hell with the consequences. Being heedless to consequence and being defiant are two defining characteristics of an addict alcoholic. Because addicts operate with damaged brains, they are incapable of thinking in a logical way. Rational logic applied to irrational behavior sounds something like this. Hey, I think I'll just spend all the money I made on the drugs this weekend, and then I'll have nothing left to pay the rent. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Can you imagine? Yet that's what they do all the time. I wonder if that's what their inner voice is telling them. The addict who is deep into his addiction is in such a fog that chaos and randomness have become the norm. Decisions are made on a whim, being pulled by every desire with no governor, running from every responsibility, fear of people and of economic insecurity rule the addict, even if the income is there. These fears and desires sure ruled me until I woke up. I, You know, look, I didn't see the light. I felt the heat. I experienced the consequences. Like getting fired from a great six-figure job in the early 90s when six figures really meant something. I went from life as a wanton prince to a state of spiritual bankruptcy. The other very interesting dimension of being a money drunk, which is my topic today, is that you could be normal in every possible way. Not an addict, not an alcoholic, but a money drunk nonetheless. There are perfectly normal people who borrow and spend madly to the point of ruin for themselves and their families. So money drunkenness is not confined just to addicts or alcoholics. And believe it or not, there is a 12-step program for those who are powerless over debting and their lives have become unmanageable as a result. You are more likely to find money drunks among addicts recovering or not, but then again, the vast majority of the population doesn't know anything about 12-step programs and if they've heard about them, it's not unlikely they might repeat a myth that may have heard they may have heard from someone else. A quick sidebar and one of my favorite comebacks to someone who says 12-step programs don't work. This is what I say in response. That's like blaming the gym if you're out of shape. You have to do the work. When I had just started on my recovery journey almost 27 years ago, I was sitting in a one-on-one -on -one session with my counselor, a great magical lady named Margaret, 
And I was whining about my finances when she asked finances when she asked me, Bruno, do you think this is a personal issue or is it a business issue? I stated rather confidently that it looked like a business issue to me. She said, simply think again, Bruno, think again. Okay, then. That set me up straight. I took her advice then and attended my very first meeting of Debtors Anonymous. And I'm thinking, God damn it, there's a 12-step meeting for everything in the world, and here I am sitting in one of them. But you know, that's just when I read the book Money Drunk and learned that I was using money just as I use drugs and that the financial cost of my primary addiction to alcohol and marijuana is not in the direct cost of booze and dope. Hey, that was cheap but in the cost of acting like an addict with the money, snorting money as it were, with no thought of tomorrow. So I had to get honest with myself about my relationship with money and with debt, especially with credit card debt, unsecured debt, which is just borrowing money at 22% interest. And I had no idea how I could pay it back. One of the most dangerous people on earth is an addict with a credit card. He will find a way to spend for the most frivolous reason and also find a way to turn credit into cash so that he can buy dope on the street. Like many other recovering addicts, I simply had to identify the underlying reasons why I spent like a madman and lied about the spending and debting and why I simply had to, was compelled to, spend all my money or worse yet, spend money I didn't have. I was that immature personality that didn't want to be held accountable and I needed to get honest and grow up. The rampant and irresponsible spending and debting by the addict alcoholic in your family, perhaps under your own roof, brings to life the principle that addiction is a family disease. It's amazing how mom doesn't quite connect her son's addiction to her financial problems. Sure, she might blame him, but she does not yet see that it's the disease that is stealing her money and her peace of mind, her sanity, her health, and of course, it's disrupting the relationship between husband and wife. And this next one is crazy but true, and it makes some sort of sense. Parents start to blame each other for their son's drug addiction. Here's an inconvenient truth for you. Mom is as sick as her son. Addictive disease has her in its grip as surely as if she were the one sticking the needle into her own arm. So while her son goes out there and spends and abuses a credit card, she projects the worst. She creates these imaginary scenarios of her son dying in a car wreck, or overdosing on the street. She is racked with anxiety and may have availed herself of a psychiatrist's help. If the good doctor knew anything about addiction, and most, yes, most have not been trained in addictive disorder, but let's say this one has, the shrink would have said to her, take care of yourself first and read the book about codependency called Codependent No More by Melanie Beatty. In the meantime, her son could care less about mom's feelings or her hopes and dreams for him because he, like all other using addicts, is self-centered in the extreme. He has no restraint, lives by no moral principles, and cannot tell the difference between a lie and the truth. For mom or dad or anyone still close to a still using addict, it is absolutely shocking to them that they have to work on themselves, that there is big change required of them, not just to be able to so-called cope with the addict, but to grow as human beings so that they can liberate themselves from this destructive disorder and begin to live inspired and joyful lives, free of the fear that corroded every moment of the day. I learned a lot in my time in Debtors Anonymous, yet there is a support program for addicts, alcoholics, and otherwise normal people whose lives have become unmanageable due to overspending and out-of-control debting. Being a money drunk isn't hard to explain. For a person with low self-esteem as a consequence of their own or family member's addiction, 
Whipping out the credit card to buy something in the store or ordering something online gives you that quick little high way out of your problem for a little while. A way to say you are normal after all, there you are someone who fits into society, someone who belongs. The sugar high wears off after a short time and you need another fix. When I went to visit one of my kids recently, my daughter, a package or two was delivered every single day and my kid could not keep up with what was coming. A typical response was, did I order this? I swear that online shopping is the greatest enabler of money addiction the world has ever known. I might as well throw online gambling in there as well, but that's a topic in and of itself, of course. I would now like to paraphrase a passage from my Debtors Anonymous book which touches on the difference between where many family members were before they sought help in a 12-step program and where they were after recovering their sanity and spirituality. This is what it says, and it applies to anyone affected by addictive disease. Quote, We used to spend our time and energy in resentment, self-pity, and blame, or in attempting to get out of difficult or embarrassing situations. Now we spend it in positive action. We used to have starry-eyed fantasies of some distant future. Now we strive to live for today, one day at a time. Our lives were once characterized by the compulsion to spend in debt and by self-centered fear self-obsession, and resultant isolation. Now their lives are characterized by genuineness and a desire to be of service, by the integrity that comes with living without the compulsion to spend money we do not have and paying those we owe, come what may. Close quote. Fact is, you cannot get there on your own. You need to come out of isolation and join hands with those who also suffer with some form of compulsive disease or another. One of the coolest things I ever heard was at an Al-Anon convention. Yes, they have those two, and they're great fun and learning. This lovely woman said, we all suffer, but we do not have to suffer alone. Now will we recover, nor will we recover all by ourselves. So what have we learned today? One, being a money drunk means that you use money as a drug that you have a compulsion to spend and use debt to feel better about yourself, if only for a little while. Two, when I say you, that means that anyone can be a money drunk, whether it's the addict in the family or family members themselves, whether or not they classify as addicts in the conventional sense. Three, because addicts and alcoholics, those who are still active in their disease, operate with damaged brains and capable of rational decisions, they are wildly irresponsible and chaotic when it comes to money, are in a great position to wreak havoc to the family's finances. Four, the inconvenient truth is that the family is also in the grip of a powerful and onerous disease, almost as if they were sticking the needle in their own arms. The family needs to seek help for themselves apart from caring for the addict in their midst. I highly recommend considering Al-Anon and or Debtors Anonymous. And five, consider ways to protect yourself from the ruinous chaos that the addict inflicts upon the family's finances to stop enabling the addict with money and let him or her experience the consequences of his or her bad decisions. Thank you for tuning in today. It's my fervent hope we've given you new insight and new hope that will lighten your burden. For our hearts go out to all who suffer the effects of addictive disorder. Please give us your feedback at info at safehouserehab.com. By all means, ask us any question you like, and we'll answer on air if you will. And if you want to leave us your first name and city, we'll recognize you too, of course. This podcast is sponsored by safehouserehab.com, where we take a modern approach to recovery. 
something all families of those who suffer deserve. Tune in next week for more.